We respectfully request the Sangha great virtues for the sake of this assembly and all living beings. Please turn the wonderful Dharma wheel to teach and guide us how to end birth and death, leave suffering and attain bliss, and quickly realize non-birth. Kung thin dai tang thin vì thứ pháp hội cập nhật thiết chúng sanh tình chuyên diệu pháp luôn giáo đạo ngã mùng như há liệu sanh thoát tư ly khổ đà là Tập Homage to the blessed, noble, and perfectly enlightened one. Namo Sananto Suchedo Ye Lahudi Samyao Sanputo Se. Namo Tatakta Toya Daja Lahade Tamyo Tambo Datoa. The unsurpassed, profound, subtle, and wonderful Dharma in a hundred thousand million aeons is difficult to encounter. Now that I am able to see and hear, I will receive and maintain it. I vow to fathom the thus come one's true and actual principles. Wu shang sheng sheng wei miao fa ba he chen wan chen an zao yu wo jin jian wen te shou chi yuan jie ru lai O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, Great Master Ching Liang, Great Master Xinhua, all good monks and nuns and all good knowing advisors, Amitabha. Chu Fu Pu Sa Ching Liang Da Shi Shi Fu Shang Ren Ge Wei Chu Chai Ren Ge Wei Shang Chi Shi Amitabha. Chu Fu Bồ Tát Kính Thưa Thanh Lương Đại Sư Hòa Thượng Tiên Hóa Quý Thầy Cô và Kỳ Vị Thiện Chư Thức A Di Đà Phật. Hello everyone, uh, today is uh, in the United States, uh, the 19th of uh, May 2023. Uh, we're here in Wei Mountain Temple to continue discussing the prologue to the uh, uh, Avatamsaka Sutra. And this is a very rather erudite, intellectual uh, piece of work from Master Ching Liang. And I'm, I'm amazed at how profound, how erudite Master Tiang Liang's uh, work is. 
uh, and uh, so is Master Xinhua's uh, knowledge. His explanation on this, uh, this uh, prologue was in made in Chinese a long, long time ago, like decades ago. And now this is actually the first time it's explained in English, from what I know. So thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. And thank you all for coming to join us. Actually, I've been away for a couple of weeks. I'm glad to be back. And it's uh, nice to see you. I don't know. I'm getting emotional, I guess. <laughs> okay. We are on slide 335, talking about uh, the uh, Buddha's teaching. Uh, we're talking about how the teaching should be uh, should be uh, one or united, should not be differentiated. It says one sound uh, is a perfect sound. The text here says, each obtain one meaning of the perfect sound, yet both make up the root of the teaching, the divided, undividedness of its intent. 各的原因一意,然并为教本不分之一耳。So, it says here, uh, again, this is very erudite, it's very intellectual stuff, so uh, it's uh, great to be able to be exposed to it, and don't worry if you don't try to understand too much. Okay, let it sink in naturally, whatever it can. Don't worry, you listen to it, it's in your consciousness eventually down the road, or however long it is, could be tomorrow, could be next lifetime, could be 20 more lifetimes, could be a million more lifetimes, so it's there. It's Vajra seats are there. So don't worry, just listen, okay? Uh, whether you understand or not right now, doesn't matter. You have questions, feel free, okay, to ask, but yeah, we're doing now, all of us are doing is planting the seeds of the big enlightenment, the biggest wisdom in the universe is right here, contained in the Avatamsaka Sutra. Okay? And this is a prologue, this is a survey of this, uh, this incredible sutra that very few teachers would dare bring it up to discuss, and let alone patriarchs. The patriarchs Rarely we discuss this, except for Master Shenhua. So you see, for us, it's a real, real privilege to be able to visit it, okay? Especially in English. No funny in translation from Chinese into English. Okay. Mm. So it sees here that the two masters who advocate as a perfect sound, Master Bodhi Ruchi, uh, was the one who says, the Buddha's teaching includes, can be divided into, actually includes the Hinayana teaching, Mahayana teaching, so based on just the intent of the Buddha's teaching. And Master Kumarajiva, who is much higher level, apparently Bodhiruchi was like second stage Ahat, and Bodhiruchi uh, was more, coming more from the Hinayana understanding. He's a Mahayana uh, cultivator, but his level of understanding of Mahayana is that of Hinayana. That's what we call Hinayana Mahayana. 
Okay? And so Bodhiruchi says, I can see that it's Hinayana and Mahayana, the separate teaching when the Buddha spoke the, uh, the Dharma. So for example, during when he first started, he started by teaching the Agama, which is the Hinayana Dharma. And then he went on and taught others, eventually bringing up the Mahayana Dharma. That's, that's Bodhiruchi's perspective. Kumarajiva is actually different. He says, it's not about the Buddha's intention differentiate between Hinayana and Mahayana. It turns out that uh, it's the people who listen to it who's able to absorb whether Hinayana or Mahayana. So it doesn't matter at all. The, the Buddha does not discriminate. Yeah. Actually, uh, Kumarajiva is a little bit off. Uh, the Buddha, when he spoke the Dharma, is actually not really, uh, uh, can, you can't really say that it's, uh, uh, it's uh, Hinayana Mahayana as Bodhiruchi or Kumarishva as actually a potential. So it's more along the line. Uh, I, uh, I stand corrected. I'm correcting myself. Kumarajiva is more, more correct than Bodhiruchi. Kumarajiva actually understands the Buddha's intent. The Buddha does not discriminate. He only speaks Dharma depending on the audience. If the audience is able to absorb so much, then he can speak so much. Very much like when we have children. Anyone planning to have children anytime soon? Okay. Or have children already? You understand that when you in order to teach your children, which is a very important thing to do, okay? You can only teach your children so much. You can teach your children as much as they can absorb. You don't want to go too far and too much. Okay? And that's the same with the Buddha's uh, work. When he taught, when he spoke Dharma, it's actually based on the listener's potential to understand, to absorb it. Okay? So actually, the Buddha does not discriminate the content per se. He's more interested in helping the person. So Kumarajiva is, is right in the sense that it depends on the, the capacity of the person to absorb it. Actually, he's missing one point. It's not even the capacity. It's that the Buddha says, he doesn't even look at capacity. Buddha automatically thinks, how can I help this person? It's more than just potential. Okay? To me, the one perfect sound is that he's able to speak to us in a way that will benefit us. It has nothing to do with potential anymore, in my perspective. It's more like, how can I help? Now you show up. Now I have a chance to see you and talk to you. How can I help you? Okay? So even potential does, even, does not even cross the Buddha's mind. So Kumarajiva is almost there, if you will. Okay? Hmm. Any questions or comments or disagreements? No? Okay, continue. 337, text says, the second, establishing two kinds of teaching. This itself has four representatives. One, Tripitaka Master Dharma Kashema of Western Qin, who established the half and whole teaching. 
。第二立二种教，自有四家：一西秦昙摩谶千三藏立半满教。Okay, so again, uh, the the other option is that it's actually even though it's one word, but the objective is. Has two kinds、uh, of teachings, and there are four different way、uh, trains of thoughts. One is Tripitaka Master Dharma Kashema of Western Chin. Okay, you remember Tripitaka Master is a very special term.、Uh, it's not honorific. Actually, it's recognition from the experts that Master Dharma Kashema. The Western Chin is actually very knowledgeable about the Buddhist teaching in three basket. Chupitaka means three basket: a basket of Vinaya, okay, which teaches about the rules and regulations, rules of morality, okay, in Buddhism. Those are incredibly ingenious. I love it. Okay, I didn't have a chance to learn much about it. I only spent about six months learning about it, and and the more the more I I, I practice Chan, the more I get to enjoy the six months information stored in my brains. Okay,、uh, so the one the first basket is Vinaya, second basket is Sutras. Okay, Vinaya talks about the rules and regulations, so it helps us discern what's right and wrong. Okay, and that's that's so important. Okay, very much like when you teach your children, you need to emphasize right now. Okay, you need to teach them how far they can go and which line they cannot cross. That's the same as Vinaya. Okay. Unfortunately, for myself personally, my parents never did that. Okay, especially for most parents, they struggle so much making ends meet. They're so stressed out. So, so,、uh, so they don't have the knowledge or the wisdom to be able to guide their children. Buddha is different. Buddha says, "I'm going to teach you about the rules and regulations." This is this is which areas? Where are the boundaries? Where you stay within the boundaries? You save, you be happier. You cross the boundaries, you be in trouble. You won't like it. You suffer. Okay, that's incredible insights, and I think it's so important. Especially, I stress the parents need to to、uh, give to their children. Okay,、uh, so.、Mm, So that's why the typical master he has the Vinaya as first basket, second basket is sutras, which is study of samadhis, meaning that if you want to、uh, cultivate samadhi, you need to study sutras. This is why all serious monks who want to make a difference, who want to justify their existence as monks, because that's my attitude. The attitude is in the 21st century. 20th century, we need to change our paradigms. The monks and nuns can no longer expect to stand on a pedestal and expect you lay people to come make offerings to us. We need to also justify why we are using up the water resources, the electricity, 
and the, we, we are allowed to use the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, various resources of the country, okay? Uh, so to me, uh, the modern day people don't understand the importance of the Sangha anymore. So for us to stay on our pedestal and expect people to treat us like they used to treat our teachers or prior generations is unwise. We are not uh, making a good, creating a good name for ourselves, especially young people. They would be offended, they would be disenchanted with us. Okay? Young people say, how come I'm struggling? Okay? And I'm struggling to make ends meet, I'm struggling to cultivate, and you just sit on your pedestal and you expect me to serve you? It's unreasonable. Okay? It's reasonable, perfectly, perfectly reasonable for young people to think that way, okay? Because they don't have the tradition that my generation used to have, okay? Where we taught, even my generation, I went to a Western education system. I actually didn't think much of the monks and nuns, personally, back then, okay? So... Uh, so that's why I feel that uh, the samadhi is uh, something that you need to cultivate in order to serve society. Okay? It's not enough uh, to stay out of trouble. Uh, that's, uh, to me, that's uh, self-serving. Samadhi is that you build the strength so that you can carry people, you can help people, you can lift people out of their suffering, out of their poverty, out of their confusion. Carry them on your back. Uh, okay? And number three is wisdom. Basketball wisdom or shastras where you actually uh, are uh, exposed to what wisdom is like. Why do we have wisdom? Mm, someone asked me a similar question recently. And say, why, what is cultivation? Is cultivation not getting afflicted? I said, yes. Is that all? I said, when you don't get afflicted, that's a state of wisdom. When you're in wisdom, then whatever you do is very, very beneficial to society, to others, including yourself. When you don't have wisdom, when your mind is confused, everything you do ends up uh, being undesirable for yourself and for others. So that's why wisdom mm, is the end point. Okay? And, and it manifests itself as you not getting afflicted. So even though you are enlightened, okay, uh, you have to work harder yourself to recognize your afflictions and get rid of your afflictions. Now, after you become enlightened, you do a lot of house cleaning so that you recognize your afflictions quicker and you clean up after your own afflictions so that you no longer get afflicted. If you are not afflicted, everything you do is nice, is beneficial, will make you happy, will make everyone around you happy. Okay? Happiness starts first with you internally. You must be happy yourself. 
and then it spreads to your family and to your friends and to your co-workers to society in general okay so those are the three the three baskets that buddhism is about on this master here he understands the meaning of the tripitaka very few masters understand it for example master shenhua is no example of tripitaka master he's very knowledgeable okay you know funny thing about master shenhua he has a eighth grade education system in china so he never really finished uh, high school never went to college and yet his wisdom is incredible he understands the tripitaka which is the ultimate knowledge how so anyone knows Actually, it's funny that he says Tripitaka Master Shenhua, but you know who, who designated Tripitaka uh, Master Shenhua, you know? Yes, Diego. Thank you, Master. Maybe Master Xi Jin? Xi Jin? Xi Jin? Um, maybe, okay. But Xu Yun couldn't quite recognize Master Shenhua. Xu Yun, would I call Xu Yun a Tripitaka master? Probably not. So if Xu Yun is not a Tripitaka master, then he is not able to certify Master Shenhua as a Tripitaka master, unfortunately. The patriarchs are very, very precise. They don't do things that are beyond their scope. I can see, for example, uh, some of the patriarchs I know uh, who are uh, who are who they are patriarchs, but they are not Tripitaka masters. It's not their specialty. Okay, so how did? Master Shenhua would know how did he get to be known as Tripitaka Master Shenhua, as it says on the cover of the Vajra Sutra, for example. When they printed that sutra, it says, explained by Tripitaka Master Shenhua. How did it come about, hmm? you think? Anyone? I don't know because I wasn't there. Somebody, most likely a bodhisattva, an enlightened person, says, Master Shihua must be a Tripitaka master because he, when you ask him a question about uh, precepts, even though he never went to a precept school, he could explain it to you. When you ask him a question about uh, sutras, like very much like Master Huineng, uh, they ask him a question about sutras, and then Master Huineng says, uh, read it to me. Okay? Because uh, Huineng couldn't read. So, so that person asked, uh, read, read the, uh, the, that sutra text 
then Maso Enang immediately explained it uh, to the, the nun. Okay? Uh, so Master Shenwa is very, very same. You know, he, can, he can explain uh, any sutras you can talk about, and you can ask him about in great details. Okay? So he's an expert about sutras. Sastras as well. Uh, sastras, uh, the way they, uh, that he understands Shastra, I can assure you, which is uh, much more profound than the monks and nuns who, who try to uh, distinguish themselves by explaining Shastras only and not explaining Sutras. Okay? Uh, don't do that. Uh, if you want to establish yourself as a uh, what's an adjective? As a accomplished and accomplished uh, Dharma master, you have to explain sutras. Okay, it's a core, uh, core of the teaching. And once you establish yourself as a sutra, as able to explain sutras, then you can then branch into Vinaya, branch into uh, Shastra, you like. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's my, my opinion, my personal opinion, that's all. It's not a big deal. Mm. So anyway, mm. how did Master Shenhua was get got to be known as Tripitaka Master? Because someone, someone enlightened, Maybe one of his disciples, maybe another monk or nun who's, you know, who's enlightened, uh, suggested, based on what they heard from Mahasheshinawa's teachings, questions on Vinaya, questions on sutras, questions on shastras, Mahasheshinawa was able to explain immediately without consulting anything. Okay? So, uh, so, so they said that's that's, that's the uh, put that's the work, that's the level of a master who have mastered the Tripitaka master. So they suggested Tripitaka master, and then another thing that had happened is that was that Masha did not object to it. You see, why didn't he object to it? What do you think? Shouldn't you, have, shouldn't you have said, no, 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 really, I'm not a Tripikata master? If he did that, he would be called false modesty. Okay? He says, oh, no, I'm not really a Tripikata master. Because he says, I'm not worthy. Okay, that's the word, that's the behavior of a worldly monk who says, who says I'm going uh, to come across to you as humble. Okay, Master Shenhua is way beyond that. He doesn't have to appear humble to you. Okay, so he won't say it because at that point in time, when someone says, you're a typical master, Master Shenhua says, no, no, I'm not. Then it's false modesty. Much more important reason number two is that it will uh, make it difficult for people like me, our third generation, to understand the standards of, of, uh, of uh, excellence, meaning that 
Once Mahasheshwara says, yes, I understand, Jupitaka, then now, personally, I use that as a standard to compare all the other patriarchs. Does it make sense? That's my reference points. So someone has to tell me, he has to, say, he has to admit himself as, yes, I am competent. I didn't say it myself, but for your sake, okay, I will not deny it. Does it make sense? Okay. Now, Tripitaka Master Dharma Kashema is different. At the time in China, there were plenty of monks and nuns who were very competent, who had great wisdom. So they themselves says, you know what? I don't want to be known as Tripitaka Master. Let Master Z become a Tripitaka Master. So that they, they, they said, okay, now let's certify Master Z here as Tripitaka Master so that they don't bother us. They come and bother Master Z. You understand now? When they are so, there were so many teachers who were competent, they could afford to hide behind one. Okay? Uh, so it's like a different situation. Master Shehua is that he has no choice. Okay? Someone uh, uh, advocated he should be recognized as Tripitaka master. That's why he says, okay, because I have to, no one else. Uh, someone has to make sacrifices, and he happened to be there, so he chose to, to, he recognized, to be recognized as such. But back then, during the time of uh, this master, Dharma Kashema, he was uh, uh, chosen by the others who were sages, who were actually higher level than Master Dharma Kshema, by the way. That's why they said, you know what? Let that boy uh, <laughs> feel the questions. We will teach him. We won't bother with the other, with the question. Okay? Uh, um. So what did Dharma Kshema do? He says, mm, uh, that uh, the Buddhist teaching is established two kinds of teachings. What? Half and whole teachings. Okay? Uh, uh, continuing with slide 339, uh, the sound hearer store being the half word teaching and the Bodhisattva store being the whole word teaching. Madama Master Yuan of Sui also established the same thing. 即身文藏为半字教，菩萨藏为满字教，随缘法师一同此力。Okay, three forty, commentary slide. Uh, so what are the two? Uh, the meaning of the half and the full, uh, the whole teaching. Half a word is 半字. Okay, it's very important uh, uh, jargon here. I think it it's uh, helpful for you to recognize to. Pay attention and, and to recognize these, these, uh, these uh, special terms for future reference. Half word uh, is what it says. Half word is for the Hinayana, meaning that you only give them half of the portion, very much like when you feed children. Uh, with, you go to the restaurant, you order the regular meal, uh, like a McDonald's meal, 
then it's uh, probably uh, too much for the kids. The kids would go for the kids' meal, which is usually half of it, or less. Okay, that's what it means. Half word actually is an exaggeration. There's no such a thing as half. Okay, they're being generous. Buddha's teaching for Hinayana should be like called uh, 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 not half. What would be a good number, you think? Guang Ho, what's a good number? Uh, good number? Uh, I think zero is good number. <laughs> zero, oh my God. What? Zero, Master. What? Zero? Yeah. Yes, yes. No, that's too insulting. My God, you're Korean and you're so insulting. Anyone else? Do the rest of the Koreans agree? The other Korean said, let Guang Ho swim. <laughs> We're not touching this. Okay, no, it's not half, but it's uh, go for us. A lucky number is seven. Number seven? One seventh? Mm, I like that. Why seven? Because it's a lucky number. It's a lucky number. Ah, you go to Vegas too. Okay. I like a girl who, 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 who can have fun, who knows how to have fun. Very good. Uh, no, we're not seventh. <laughs> it's very small, okay? It's more like 100, 1,000, but it's not zero, okay? But for the sake of politeness and kindness, they use a half word teaching. Actually, it's not half, okay? Then the bodhisattva store, meaning whole word, okay? Uh, half here refers to incomplete. It's not a mere number, if you will. I think that's how I would interpret the Chinese word ban, which is half. Translate is half. But I feel the back then, ban here. When the Buddha, when the Bodhisattvas talk about ban, zi, is actually referred to partial. Because they didn't have ratios, they didn't have quotients back then. Okay? Back then, there's only one or two. Okay? Ban is, is uh, as, as detailed as they get. Please correct me, I'm wrong. Chinese-speaking people. Okay? My guess is that ban here refers to fractions. That's all. A fractional teaching. Okay? A small part of the teaching only. That's the point. It's not half. Okay? I like to make that correction. Okay? The translation to half word uh, it should not be taken literally. Even the Chinese should not take ban zi literally. Ban here refers to fraction, a fraction of the teaching. 
whether it's Bodhisattva store, is the whole teaching. Meaning, when, they, when the Buddha sees the Bodhisattvas, they feel free to let them have it. Whereas when the Buddha sees the low-level people, he says, I cannot tell you the whole truth because if I were to tell the whole truth, you would be so shocked and you would run away. That's the truth. That's the constraints we have. If we were to tell you everything, uh, the, the actual teaching, uh, which would, concept will come later, you see that it's not something you can digest. Okay? Uh, anyway, so half is actually means fractional, whole means the total. Okay? And Dharma Master Yun of Sui, Dynasty also established the same thing. So you in here refers to the first patriarch of the Pure Land. Okay, first patriarch of the Pure Land was Master Great Master Hui Yun, who has wisdom. He's Chinese, and he has wisdom and said of saying that you know the Dharma door that is being. Is more, is more appropriate for the Chinese back then, and especially for the future generation, should be pure land, it's not Chan. So what he did is that he never really studied Chan. He specialized, he started his cultivation, uh, his actual spiritual practice by reciting the Buddha's name. And that's this, this is the danger of reciting Buddha's name by itself. And that's, that's uh, historically, that's, uh, that's born by the facts, historical facts. Because Master Yuan, Master Hui Yuan of the Sui Dynasty, when he practiced reciting Buddha's name by himself, he didn't have the proper techniques for going very far so that when disciples of Master Bodhidharma met with him, uh, and uh, Master Yuan asked uh, these two disciples of Master Bodhidharma, uh, who was sent from India to China to make the rounds and prepare uh, people for the arrival of Master Bodhidharma. Okay? So Master Hui Yuan met with them and asked them, um, before they, those two disciples uh, went back to India. On the way back to India, they stopped by Master uh, Yuan's uh, um, um, uh, way place. And so Master Yuan recognized these um, Indian monks who didn't speak any Chinese at all, who were superior monks. Because Master Hui Yuan had some Kung Fu. He was enlightened, but not very high level. I feel. And so, so Master Masuhiyan says, why do you teach, why do you have to practice chant? Okay, so for him to ask those two Indian monks who didn't speak Chinese at all, okay, didn't speak much Chinese, for him to ask that question is pretty extraordinary. He recognized those Indian monks who were superior monks, and he says, and he felt that he need to challenge them. 
to establish a pure land school. Okay? And so these two monks who are far more advanced than Master Huiyuan, he says, one of them answered, we practice, you want to practice Chan because enlightenment is this fast. That's all it takes to you for you to become enlightened. Even if, meaning that he couldn't explain, they couldn't explain it in Chinese. Okay? But meaning that even if you recite the Buddha's name, have you mastered the Buddha's name recitation to the point where you should be able to become enlightened just as quickly as Chan? It's beautiful. No one ever explained it from that perspective. Why not? Because the Chinese revere Vassal Huiyuan. We Americans don't, don't, you know, we are a lot more, a lot more irreverent. We question everything, okay? I question everything. It's my fault. When I say we, it's me, okay? Don't blame anyone else, okay? I question everything. Because uh, if, if uh, it's, just, it's just like Master Huiyu, and he says, I practice Pure Land, I'm, I'm very happy in my results. You practice Chan, and I wonder why. Because Pure Land can save a lot more people than Chan. Why do you practice Chan? It's a very, very reasonable question. That's why the Indian monks felt pressure and said, You know, sir, dear, uh, uh, venerable sir, my practice is this fast. Your practice is a lot slower. And Master Huiyuan uh, was impressed and helped Master Huiyuan okay, open his eyes and help Master Huiyuan improve a little bit more. Because what happened is Master Huiyuan, because he practiced by himself and among his disciples only, in isolation, he had no contact with real, real competent uh, teachers or, or cultivators. So the two Indian monks, mm. they taught him, yes, I use the word taught, taught him mm, by going there and awaken, remind Master Wei Yin that he still has a lot of work to do. Okay? Unfortunately, my commentary is that, unfortunately, Master Wei Yin uh, failed to, uh, to take advantage of those two Indian monks. If I were him, I would have bowed down and said, you know, I don't know this technology of enlightenment this fast. Will you stay here, be my guest, and teach us? That's what I would have done. Okay? Agree, disagree. If we have such Indian masters or Chinese masters or Sri Lankan masters who are like that, I would ask them to stay away Mountain Temple and I invite them to go to Korea as well. You're supposed to uh, clap your hands. <laughs> Why? Because it's meant to be shared. That knowledge is for mankind, for all living beings. It's not just meant for me alone, for Wei Mountain alone. It's for DTT, for Go Force, it's for Jewel Conk, it's for JMT, 
for the future branch in Europe, Western Europe. I'm not interested in Eastern Europe yet, okay? <laughs> because I find that Western Europe food is much more interesting. All right? Does it make sense? Okay. Yeah. The purpose of your spiritual practice is to help yourself, but you need to bring yourself to a much higher level in order to help more. Okay? Don't be happy with so little like Master Yuan of Sui Dynasty. So he, because of that, Master Sui Yuan uh, uh, of the Sui Dynasty, also of the, of the concept of half world and, and the whole world. But uh, to me, Master Yuan blew it. Uh, he found two great teachers and he blew it. He didn't keep them around long enough to teach them. Okay? Hmm. Next, 341. This text is then based on the Nirvana, which hides the fact that it is intended as connecting of characteristics aimed at revealing the great to the small. Okay, so these two masters, Dharma uh, Kashema uh, and Master Huiyuan, arrived at that conclusion because of their studying, they investigated Nirvana Sutra, and they realized in this Nirvana, okay, uh, it has, uh, there's this, they discover this process of uh, uh, of that uh, 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 that uh, when the the Buddha explained the Nirvana Sutra, it's uh, in order to before he left to convince the Hinayana uh, believers, okay, uh, devotees to switch to Mahayana. Okay, there is transition. He said, don't stop there. Go further, go further. And the Buddha actually was very concerned. He said, uh, before he left, he said, my Hinayana disciples, many of them are, are self-satisfied. Okay, so he's worried about it. That's why he explained in Nirvana Sutra. Okay, he says, you guys are so happy with so little don't be like that. All right? Hmm. 343. It does not yet within the great reveal the existence of provisional and actual, yet it also includes half and whole. So, as it says in 344, because of this first group here, they advocate half and whole. Actually, it's a lower form of distinction or classification than provisional or actual. Why is that? Half and whole. Half meanings, baby's formula. Whole is stick or bulgogi or kalbi. That's whole. But half is, uh, what's a baby's formula in, in uh, here? I haven't used any baby formulas, so I don't remember. What's baby's formula here we use? Never mind. 
Oh, God. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so half and whole is that way. Well, actually, uh, actually, uh, the fact that matter is really not half and whole, but actually it's provisional and actual is the intent of the teaching, not half and whole at all. Okay? And, uh, and that's why you can see, you can, in other words, according to Master Qingyang here, the first group here, Dharma Kshema and uh, Hui Yuan, actually are, uh, have a very, very narrow interpretation of the Buddha's teaching, unfortunately. Okay? That's why, as a side commentary, later on, uh, the Buddhists and, and Mahasattvas had to come to the Pure Land School and become a patriarch to lift up the standards of the teachings. Because Hui Yen, I was planning on studying Hui Yen, but after I, the more I haven't had a chance, uh, and uh, lucky for me, the more I read about, about uh, from all this teaching, I realize that Hui Yen's teaching is, is uh, at the level of half and whole, which is not uh, very high yet. Okay, so I'm not going to study Hui Yen's teachings. No interest. 345, 2. Dharma Master Yen of Sui, who established the two teachings, gradual and sudden. This in 346, which is exactly the Buddha's intention here. Okay? If you look at in terms of, let's say, like martial arts, you know, like uh, sometimes you use your punch, sometimes you use kicks. Okay? Uh, so, so that's more of the purpose here, is the Buddhas, when you use provisional versus, uh, uh, they use gradual versus sudden, okay? Gradual means stepwise, you go step by step by step, you climb up one step at a time. Mm. Sudden is that you can leap, okay? And you don't need to go to the next step, like when, uh, when, uh, you are taller, okay? For example, uh, short people like the, in Korea, can we say Korean people are short? Compared to Westerners, you're much shorter. So Korean people, did they go step by step, right? Whereas Westerners, we go by two or three steps because our legs are bigger, longer, and stronger. No? Never mind. <laughs> okay, and so now they talk about gradual versus sudden um, because it takes, it takes subtlety to be able to understand gradual versus sudden. Okay, so this master yin here is actually pretty high level, pretty good level. Okay. Mm. Uh, it's a, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, I would, if I had time, I would rather study Master Yin instead of Master Hui Yin. Okay? Uh, 347. That is, for those who are potential, so gradual enlightenment, the great arises due to the small. And what is established includes all three vehicles, therefore it's called gradual. Wei Yue, Jian Wu Ji, Da Yu Xiao Qi, 
所设具有三圣，故名为见。Okay. Ah,、uh, T forty eight. He says, when you talk about grandeur, it's because、uh, these people、uh, are able to become enlightened gradually. It takes time. That's what it means. It takes time for them to to get to become enlightened. Okay, because they need to climb the steps,、uh, one step at a time. So it takes time. Okay,、uh, and this gradual enlightenment here is not simply restricted to Hinayana. It also includes Mahayana. Mahayana, when after you become a first ground bodhisattva, which is big enlightenment, you still need to climb. So if you have the potential, you you can go gradually. You climb, climb step by step until you get from first ground to second ground and so forth. Or, or you can have.、Uh, so therefore, that's why that's why that's why don't think that gradual is only for Hinayana. It's for it's the process, the process of cultivation, where actually you go. Oh, you you go by steps, okay. So, see、so、if you will. Sometimes you go gradual. Sometimes you go sudden. All right. Hmm. The the、uh, the all three vehicles refer to the sound hearer, the conditionally enlightened, and the bodhisattva. Uh, those are three vehicles. You should know that it's a, some jargon, okay? Meaning that the sound hearers, meaning the ahats, need to cultivate gradually, okay? Condition lightning also need to cultivate gradually. So do the bodhisattva vehicles. They need to cultivate gradually as well. Okay. Next, three forty nine. For those who are who are potential, so the sudden it goes directly to the great, not due to the small. So it is called sudden. 若曰顿机，直往于大，不由于小，明知为顿。Okay, this is why I disagree with Master Jingyang a little bit, uh, because, uh, because of the way he is this、uh, dissects and classifies this, he falls into this.、Uh, This、uh, mistake of trying to classify them instead of instead of uh, uh, instead of uh, generating the overview you know, of of uh, of uh, the, the Buddhas. Okay, he, he says that for the certain okay, the people who are able to experience certain improvement, certain enlightenment, it goes from small to goes to great right away. It doesn't go through. Uh, small, and that's called sudden. It's not quite true. Okay,、mm. he, I, I would not explain sudden that way, at at all.、Uh, so、uh, this is where I personally disagree with Master Jingliang. Okay, I don't have his erudition, but in terms of his classifying the sudden here, tells me that he's not a specialist in Chan. He's more erudite, okay. So they stuck on words and concepts instead of understanding what really happens in gradual versus sudden. 
they don't understand that the essence of gradual versus certain. Okay? Anyway, yes, go forth. Hello, Master. I just want to comment that um, this is this explanation is from the uh, Yan Fa Shi, right? Not the Master Ching Liang. No, Master Ching Liang. Oh. oh, the way I, I read it, I think it's, I saw that it's uh, saying this is how, because the text says uh, different masters have different take. And then before it was, you know, the, the other master, now it's the... Oh, oh, no, you're right, you're right. It's from Master Yin. Yeah, you're right. It's not Qing Liang. Okay, I take it back. You're right. It's my, it's my bad. It's Master Yin who says it's, uh, his distinction between small, uh, uh, gradual, and certain is not quite there yet. It's not Qing Liang. You're right. Thank you very much for pointing it out to me, Chinese person. God. Aren't you glad there's some Chinese who would dare correct me? <laughs> God, this is, must be America. You embarrass your own Dharma master in front of everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't help to be a Dharma master, let me tell you. I'm no Dharma master. It's been proven. <laughs> okay. So you're right, she's right. That Chinese person from Go Force is right. It's Master Yin, uh, Yin, who is wrong. Okay? Yeah. He didn't quite understand it yet, not Master Ching Liang. Okay, let's not rub it in. Okay, I was corrected once, that's enough. Let's move on. <laughs> Although, it is in terms of the potential that they are said to be gradual and certain. Still, the Dharma spoken does not go beyond half and whole. Okay, Chinese person. Now is it Master Ching Liang or Master Yin? <laughs> Chinese people. Now they think it's so easy for them to, to let to wait until I open my big mouth and speak and then disagree with me. <laughs> I, I learned very fast. I said, you speak, you open your big mouth first. According <laughs> to Chinese, Is this Master uh, Yen or Master Ching Liang? Sorry, Master, it's hard to do this on the, the... I just got like two seconds of the slides, so I have to look up the slides and see. <laughs> it's, like, uh, mm, it's not clear, right? See, the Chinese are so... Master Yen? Master Ching Liang, right. Uh, it's uh, a little bit more like Master Ching Liang, I would say. See, the Chinese and Taiwanese come together. Isn't it oh, nice? Okay. Yay. <laughs> Maybe Taiwan should, should uh, invade China. 
No, the, the reason is that now it's talking about the two different masters explanation, synthesizing them. So it sounds like it's Master Qingliang. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the previous is uh, Master Yin's uh, standpoint, but Master Qingliang's commentary is that, yes, um, uh, for him, it's gradual and certain, but actually uh, the Dharma in terms of potential for him, uh, that in terms of the cultivators, is gradual and certain, but actually the Dharma spoken does not go beyond half and whole. Okay? Uh, he's not wrong, okay? But it's again, it's stuck on the erudition part. Okay? I would not even do this. I would just strike this. There's no need for this. Okay? Uh, what he's doing, he says, there are four different approaches, different, different uh, groups who advocate certain things. Just list them out. Don't, don't try to integrate them. Don't try to justify them. There's no need for it. Okay? Because if you justify, then you make the masses look bad. And then you expose yourself to people with big mouths like me, who would say, nah. The Dharma spoken is not half a whole, okay? It's just Dharma. This to distinguish half and whole. The Chinese are stuck on that, okay? If you ask me. Anyway, 353, the third group. Dharma Master Yin of the early Tang, who also established two teachings. Okay, so there are two teachings, the third group of people who advocated two teachings, uh, half and whole, or, or gradual or certain. There's a third group who says, uh, who also has two teachings, which says, 355, one, the cir circuitous, circuitous teaching, that is the sutras of Shakyamuni Buddha, because they follow the nature of potentials you know, according to a plan, brick attachments, such as nirvana and so forth. Okay, so the third group says actually the teaching uh, from this group's perspective is not half and whole, is not gradual and certain, actually is circuitous. 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 Someone help me look where is the emphasis? Oh, that word again. The, you foreigners don't care, but uh, the American, the, the English-speaking specialists would laugh at us. They uh, get offended when you use the word, the English words wrong. They say, no, 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 you can't talk like that. The emphasis on the first syllable or second syllable? 
Sakitas. Huh? Circuit. Who? <laughs> Why don't you use a, a dictionary, uh, the Google thing that has make sounds? Do it on the microphone. Oh, yeah. What? Circuitous. Circuitous. Okay. Circuitous. Thank you. See, we all have to learn, man. You have a chance to learn, learn. Don't, don't drop it just because you want to, you're afraid to look bad. Who cares if you look bad? It's just among ourselves, right? No one cares. They're all laughing at us already, calling us a cult. <laughs> of young people. Primarily, they're naive young people. Only we give them food and they believe you. <laughs> Feed them. <laughs> they believe anything you tell them. Isn't that right? It's not that. Securitus. Okay? Uh, so it says, Securitus teaching. Uh, meaning that it's round and round and round. Okay? It's not direct. Okay? Like the sutras spoken by the Buddha, Shakyamuni Buddha. They, they claim it's Securitus. Uh, they... Mm. Follow the nature of potential, nature of listeners. Potential is listeners, okay? And accordingly, have a plan to break attachments. So the emphasis is the design. They look, the Buddha says, he, when he lectured the sutras, he looked at the Chichao people, he looked at uh, Salvadorian people, looked at Colombia Okay, and look at Korea people, and they said, wow, with these people, I better go first to Chichao, go next to El Salvador, go next to Korea, go next to so forth. So he goes round and round till, you know, he's, he's not direct because he's sort of like, uh, I should be polite. Okay, yeah. You should not offend people too much. All right? Yeah. So that's Kasekitis. Uh, so the, by design, they, the Buddha, uh, the Buddha was aware of the individual's uh, potential to understand, to absorb. So the Buddha then uh, spoke things to help them gently uh, break their attachments. Okay, mm. and that's uh, in the case of Nirvana Sutra. So this particular master here, uh, he, in here, he says, uh, actually, circuitous, circuitous, okay? Mm -hmm. Three fifty-seven. So that was this group here. The first one is circuitous, and number two, and the two dharma is the level road teaching. That is, sutras of the Nishyanda, because they follow the Dharma nature and seek comfort and ease, like the Flower Adornment Sutra. Okay, 358. 
I'm amazed you're still awake. Huh? What is it? What is what? What time is it in Korea, for example? After lunch already? Oh, that's I would fall asleep. I heard that food is uh, is uh, they eat a lot for lunch. These these people who come to our temple. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, so the second level, the second group, uh, the second dharma is a level road teaching, meaning that the sutras of Nishyana, Nishyanda is the transformation body. Okay, because uh, 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 the uh, the Buddha, you know, the Nishyanda Buddha, follow a dharma nature and speak with uh, ease, like in the Flower Adornment Sutra. Flower Adornment Sutra is a sutra that's spoken for bodhisattvas. So it's called Level Road, because bodhisattvas, you don't need to beat around the bush with these people. Bodhisattvas can take a beating. That's the difference between enlightened people and not enlightened people. Before you reach enlightenment, there's not a whole lot we can do with you. Why not? Because if we tell you the level road teaching, you run away. You can't absorb it. For bodhisattvas, who are the audience, target audience of the Flower and Dormant Sutra, Avatamsaka Sutra, is that they follow Dharma nature and speak with ease. Hmm? Hmm. It's not really comfort. Zhu Zai is not comfort. It's just with ease. Okay? Hmm. But it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, the, these, uh, these people, it, 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 just think about it. Why would a Buddha speak in comfort? You want comfort. Buddha is not seeking comfort. When you say, I speak in comfort, means that comfort does something for me. Okay? That's why I'm doing in comfort. Yes? The question here? Two. Thank you, Master. Uh, when we recite the chapter 40 of the Avatamsaka Sutra on Mondays yes. and Wednesdays, uh, one of those is that... Um, we accord with living beings, I think, is one of those. It's similar to the one that says, follow the Dharma nature, according with living beings. No, it's different. Uh, this is um, a little bit beyond you. They follow Dharma nature, uh, meaning that Sui Fa Sing. So Sui Fa Sing here is... Uh, is Fa Sing here refers to the Dharma nature, refers to enlightened, enlightened substance. Okay, of enlightened listeners. So they don't address, they don't address the intellect anymore, like you right now. When I talk to you, I need to address your intellect for you to absorb it. Okay? Whereas the bodhisattvas, you don't need to, to 
worry about their intellect, their understanding. Okay, uh, so they're able to you can you're able to address their dharma nature directly without going through your intellect. Right now, for you who are not un, are not enlightened yet, in order for us to reach you, we have to we have to go through your head, your intellect, and then reach the dharma nature through your intellect. Does it make sense? Does it make sense to you? Anyone awake? Yes, too. Thank you, Master. So it was like a couple of days ago, you were saying that sages, they don't need to go through their thinking mind. Right. So, oh, okay. Thank you, Master. Right. So that's why, that's why when you're not a sage, you, it's not possible to help you unless we go through your intellect. Okay. That's part of wisdom. And flower adornment sutra, when they, because the, the, the target audience is bodhisattvas, and therefore you, can, you only can, can be blunt with them and speak about things like uh, uh, the. Uh, the uh, um, um, the universe and Dharma realm, and even though the Bodhisattvas don't understand, they have no problems. Okay. Whereas if we tell you things that you don't understand, okay, here's what happens to you. Uh, eventually, uh, your friends will say, uh, "You must be following a cult because whatever they taught you." You don't understand a darn thing. <laughs> and that's our constraints. Okay? 359. Moreover, these two teachings in general have four differences. Okay, so when they establish, 360, when they establish two teachings, Sakritis, uh, circuitous and level road teaching, uh, uh, there are there there are actually four differences. You see how detailed Master Qingbiang is. Three sixty one, one differences of host. That is because there is a difference between a transformation body Shakyamuni Buddha and ten bodies are Nishyanda Buddha, Nishyanda. Okay, so the first, the first uh, distinction is the difference of, of, of a host, meaning the person who speaks the Dharma, the host speaker. You know, if it is a case of Shakyamuni Buddha as a host, meaning the uh, uh, human body, Shakyamuni Buddha, then it's different from Nishyana Buddha, which is uh, much bigger. It's a reward body Buddha, okay? 10,000 feet tall, meaning very tall, and it has uh, 10 different types of bodies that were discussed earlier. You remember what they are? I don't, it's okay. You can look it up from a dictionary, it's no big deal, okay? Uh, the Buddha, he has 10 bodies or 20 bodies, so good for him. 
363. Two differences of place, because there is a difference between a wooden tree and grass and grass seat in the Tsaha realm, and the jewel trees, a precious throne, and so forth in the flower treasury realm. 二,注意,为梭婆界木树草作与华藏界中宝树宝作等异故. Okay. Why, uh, you are all so respectful. I only see one person who is dozing off. <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, two, the first is a difference in host. Second difference is different in place. Because he says, in the Saha world, even though we have a Bodhi tree, it's made of shandana wood. Even though it's a fragrant uh, kind of wood, very precious wood, okay, very expensive wood, uh, or the grass seat in the Saha world, in some cases the Buddha would sit in a grass seat. Where is the grass seat? Under the Bodhi tree, folks. When he first became enlightened, he said, I will speak the Avatamsa Sutra. So he's sitting on the grass. Okay? Uh, and later, when he goes to the heavens uh, to speak the Avatamsaka Sutra, and then they offer him the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, um, the, uh, the fancier seats that made of wood and, uh, and so forth. Okay? That's the Insaha world. However, when Nishyanda Buddha, the reward body Buddha, was speaking, the Avatamsaka Sutra. He was actually sitting on the precious throne and the trees were jewel. The trees are, didn't, didn't have barks, it didn't have uh, things. The jewel trees are actually the trees made of gems. Don't ask me, do they grow bigger? I, my answer is, you ask me, yes, I hope so. Because if Relics grow bigger. I'm told that some relics of you have got relics that go grow bigger. Why shouldn't uh, jewel trees? Huh? Mm. All right. 365, I'm trying to finish those four things here because I don't want to go back next week. Okay. Three, differences in assemblies. And 365, because there is a difference between the speaking uh, for sound hearers and bodhisattva and it being spoken identically only for the bodhisattvas and those of the ultimate position. Okay, so, okay, for, for the, our sake, for your sake, uh, just understand the terminology here. Uh, there's a diff another difference in the assemblies. I mean, the people who were the target audience, assemblies, uh, uh, meaning the, both the sound hearers and the bodhisattvas, okay? Like in the Pure Land. In the Pure Land, when Amitabha Buddha spoke the Dharma, it's for both sound hearers and bodhisattvas. Okay, because they cultivate together, like here. Okay, uh -huh. and so, um, so that kind of assembly there, 
whereas whereas uh, whereas uh, there are some cases where only bodhisattvas were present. Okay, uh, not only the difference the differentiate between bodhisattvas and sanghiers, or the bodhisattvas and ultimate position. Ultimate position being tenth ground bodhisattvas. There aren't that many. Okay. Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, so the teaching here is for low level or high level. 367, uh, four differences of speaking because there is a difference between the speaking confined to a location and the speaking extends throughout the ten directions. 四,说意,为局处之说,与该通十方之说,意故. Okay, very good. So the final and fourth distinction uh, for the two teachings are uh, in the third group is differences of speaking uh, because uh, meaning the location, the place where it's spoken, uh, the method of speaking, okay? Meaning that um, if the speaking is only confined to one world, the Saha world, as, as versus the teachings that is for the entire universe is different. Okay? Why is it different? For example, in a higher world, uh, we are learn about suffering, the Four Noble Truths. Whereas in a different world, the Buddha didn't teach about Noble Truth. Okay? Uh, for example, in the Amitabha uh, Buddha's Pure Land. Would the Buddha teach the Four Noble Truths? The Four Noble Truths are suffering, accumulation, extinction, and the way. The problem with Noble Truth in, in the Pure Land, Amitabha Buddha's Pure Land, is that it doesn't apply. Why not? Because in the Amitabha Buddha's pure land, is there suffering? No. Not at all. So in Amitabha Buddha's pure land, there's no need to teach about suffering. They probably teach about happiness. You'll be happy, very happy, happier than here. I assure you. Yeah. Okay? And because of that, this happiness accumulates. <laughs> so the Four Noble Truths in the Pure Land is different. He talks about, I know how happy you are. And you know what? Your happiness is nothing yet. You right now see in South Korea. If you practice, you get high level, you go to North Korea. <laughs> no, no, the Koreans are so attached to North and South. <laughs> okay? Uh, how about you go to America? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so, um, so that's why each world has a different kinds of teaching. Have you got that? Our world is suffering. Amitama's pure land is happiness, peace, and, and peace. So it's different. 
All right? And that's why when the Buddha spoke for that kind of one, one world, then he, he made sure that we understand uh, the Dharma is appropriate for that world only. But when the, the Dharma is spoken for the entire universe, then it's different. Okay? That's all it means. Does it help? Hmm? So these people are very detailed. Uh, so these 369, these are determinations based upon the manner of transforming. Mm-hmm. It means here in the commentary in slide 370, uh, uh, meaning that uh, all the distinctions are based on how, uh, how to transform, uh, transform the listeners whether it's uh, enlightened people or unenlightened people or uh, high level versus low level. It's the same thing, okay? It's all about how, uh, how to help and transform these uh, the listeners. Is time up or can we continue? Okay, I think time is up. No, no, that uh, clock is three minutes late, two and a half minutes late. I always check. Every time I come, I say, mm, one, uh, one, uh, is about two minutes late. Okay, I have only have one minute left. I don't have enough time to go into the next slide. So we stop here tonight. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. Okay, see you later. Okay. So we do the rebirth transference? Oh, back to normal, back to work. <laughs>